Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Hello and welcome to the program, Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and today we have a show for you today. We're going to be talking about Adventures of Gumby with Joe Clokey. We're going to also talk about the films Trolls, Jack Reacher, The Eagle Hunters, and Blinky Bill the Movie. We have with us a wonderful talent. She is the star of I'm Not Ashamed, a film that just came out recently, so go check it out in theaters. We have Macy McLean. Thank you very much for being on the show. Hey, thanks for having me. So, uh... I'm Not Ashamed is about Rachel, Rachel Joyce Scott, who is uh, the first victim at the Columbine High School shooting. And this movie is about her journey of faith uh, as a Christian. So, uh, first of all, congratulations on your first leading role in a film. Uh, so, tell us a bit about that experience. Yeah. <clears throat> um, well, you're right. It was my first lead role in a film. I've been doing acting with, with TV and film for uh, since I was a freshman in high school. So, um, but, but I'd never had this much responsibility in a film or, or carry, had to carry a film before like this. And, um, it was honestly the most incredible experience of my life. Um, it was so, it, it's honestly like a marathon too. When you, when you are the lead in a film, you know, you can't really have an off day. You have to be focused and really disciplined every single day. Uh, but it was, it was amazing. I got to work with the most incredible team and uh, we were also impacted by the story ourselves that I think it made us all want to work that much harder. And um, we all really bonded so closely together. And I think a lot of that had to do with how special the story was and how much it meant to us. Certainly. And this is a very inspirational story uh, about a very inspirational girl. So you mentioned that this film, there was a lot of responsibility on your part. And yes, certainly, because not only is it a leading role, but it's also based off a, uh, it also is based off a real life person. So, um, tell us a bit about the sort of preparation and research you did while getting ready for this role. Yeah, I had to, um, I mean, I knew about Rachel before I got the role, but I didn't know a ton about her life. And I'd always, you know, I'd learned about the Columbine shooting in high school and, uh, stuff like that. Uh, but when I got the audition, I honestly, <laughs> just did tons of research and, and Googled everything possible, really. And then when I actually got the part, her mom gave me a box of Rachel's journals. And there was about eight journals. And I got to dig through those every single day on set. And that gave me so much insight, really, into Rachel's heart and really just her, her thoughts and her mind and what was going on really internally. And that helped me so much with being able to step into her shoes. Definitely, and she had a lot of. She left behind a lot of writing for when I when I was researching research, researching this as well, and I got I gotta say, uh, if as an act as an actor, it, it can I bet it was kind of overwhelming to see all these writings, and you feel like you really want to portray this character with as much dignity and justice as possible. So the, while on set, uh, how did you get into the mind of Rachel Scott? I, oh man, I, I mean, I can honestly say the same as what you're saying. I was so intimidated um, when I heard I got the part uh, because, you know, I mean, her family, you know, you want to do justice to the role and the story itself is so powerful. And um, I don't know. I mean, every day I was kind of like, why in the world am I the one doing this? You know, <laughs> like how in the world did I get chosen to do this? Um, but I had so many people around me. Even her mom called me before, you know, the first day of set and just said how proud she was of me and, and how confident she was that really she felt like God had called me to do this role. And I don't know, that gave me so much confidence too going into it. And just the people that encouraged me on set along the way, it was just, um, it meant a lot. And so every single day, honestly, first of all, really, I just had to come to God about it and, mm -hmm. um, you know, I've, he was really the one that would have to move through me 
in order for the, the, the light that shone in Rachel, you know, to, to, to be shown in me. And um, I don't know, I just had to trust that I was there for a reason, and that's what he called me to do. And so in the process, while digging through journals and really praying and just asking the Lord to give me what I needed, um, I really just had to have a, an intense focus um, every single day to really just get in a zone. And also a really cool thing was the more I learned about Rachel and would dig through journals, the more I would be like, Oh, I can relate to her. You know, like I would see things she would go through and, you know, I feel like there's been things in my life that are, that have been similar. So I was able to relate to her in a lot of ways. And I feel like that helped me as well. Uh, Certainly. And I feel like a lot of us can relate to, uh, Rachel Scott because of her journey, her spiritual journey. And a lot of us can really, cause it is a confusing time, especially high school of just trying to figure out like all these conflicting ideas and these many different opinions in high school. So, um, yeah. And I, that's, and to portray this kind of film, I would understand it's intimidating, but from what I've seen, uh, I got a chance to check out part of the film is that you do a wonderful job in this film. So great job. Certainly. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and today we're going to be talking about the films Blinky Bill, Adventures of Gumby, Trolls, Jack Reacher, and the show is sponsored by My Little Pony, Equestria Girl, Legend of Everfree. We're going to continue talking to Macy McLean about her film, I'm Not Ashamed. So, talking about the how people can relate to this film, who do you feel like is the intended audience for this movie? You know... When the movies, when we first started filming and, you know, when the producers were getting the script together and all that kind of stuff, um, I think the intended audience was definitely, you know, teenagers, especially because that's about a teenage girl and, you know, she's in high school and all that stuff. But a really amazing thing about it is that it hits every single person um, and impacts every single person that goes to see it, no matter how old they are. So from really like, I mean, age 12 to you know, 65, um, everyone just is so impacted and it's really such a life changing movie. And it's really cool to have a film that everyone can relate to. Uh, but I would say, you know, the intended audience is, is teenagers. Um, and that's kind of what we hope to inspire and, and impact through the movie. And what is it that you want since the intended audience is teenagers what specifically do you want them to gain from um, Rachel Scott's story? Gosh, I feel like there's so many things. Um, <laughs> everyone watches it, and they're all they're all hit in different places in their heart, and um, it you know it touches everyone in a different way. But a main thing that I want you know teenagers to get from it is that you know even when Rachel was a little girl, she knew she was going to make an impact in the world. Um, but she didn't know that it would be through her death that millions of people would hear about her story and she would make an impact. But when she was alive, honestly, she was just faithful. And she was faithful to love people and she was faithful to, to live with purpose and, um, and to really reach out and care for people. And, and I really think that's what God calls us to do. And she got that. And yeah, she struggled. And you'll see that in the movie. She was not perfect. And life Mm -hmm. was hard. And that's something that we can all relate to. Like, it's, I mean, it's hard. (laughs) Uh, But uh, I think just the (laughs) message of being faithful, like, you have no idea the impact you can make right where you are. Like, don't wait for an, don't wait for an audience or don't wait for a group of influence. Like, Rachel didn't wait. She was really just faithful at Columbine High School and loved the people around her. and, And that's what ended up making an impact. And I really think um, if we got that today, we could do the same thing. Certainly. And a lot of you, when researching about this, a lot of you really compared Rachel Scott as like almost like the Anne Frank of our time. And in a way, that is very true because Anne Frank was sadly killed by the hate, by hatred, and she left behind her writings. And many and her writings are still relevant today uh, about. Um, staying faithful. So uh, Rachel Scott has, thank goodness, has left behind her journal and her writings for many people to relate to a story and to learn from her story. So uh, what would you say, because this, of course, filmmaking is a team effort and it sounds like you had a wonderful crew to work with, many fellow actors. Uh, what would you say is the most memorable part of filming? 
Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh man. It was I think one thing is just filming this story, we all knew just the importance of it and we all knew the weight of it. And we really were all impacted ourselves and so we could only imagine what it was going to do when people saw it. And so um that realization just throughout the whole process, it just it was so cool to see it hit everybody and so cool to see I mean, just actors and the crew and the directors just to walk away, just kind of like, like what just happened? Like, how did we get to be a part of that? Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, and memorable too. Um, I don't know. For me, something so cool, you know, God was so, God was everything to Rachel and Jesus, you know, she wanted to follow him at all costs. And we got to, I mean, really just feel the presence of God in a way that, in a deeper way than I ever have before. And I, and everyone experienced that. And it was just, it was incredible, honestly. And, you know, whether they were a believer or not, it wasn't, you know, not everyone was. And, but everyone just knew that something was different and it was just so special and it was almost tangible. And just, just for everyone to feel that and to know that and to sense that on the set every day was, it was special, honestly. It was in anyone from the cast, I know, would say that. So that, for me, that was just something I'll never forget. That sounds like a very <laughs> unique experience, especially on a film set. And it's yeah. like, especially as filmmakers, we want to create an atmosphere to portray the film. And it sounded like it, it, that's exactly what you did. And it shows through this film. Uh, is there any last words you want to say regarding what the film for people who are uh, going to go see it? Yeah, I would say you will be impacted by it and um, you will leave inspired. And I know it has to do with Columbine shooting and a lot of people um, are kind of scared of going to see a movie that talks about that, Uh, but it's not depressing. It doesn't just focus on death. Like you will leave inspired by this girl's life. Um, And and, and the banner of hope really just is, is what kind of uh, shines through this movie. And um, it, I would just say, give it a chance. It's worth it. I promise you, you'll leave um, impacted in a really special way. Uh, it's a special film. And I don't know, I just can't stress enough to see it and bring your friends and um, give it a chance. Well, thank you so much, Macy, for talking about I'm Not Ashamed. It's been a pleasure. Well, thank you. This film is out in theaters now, so please go check it out. Also, to learn more about Rachel Joy Scott and uh, her impact, go to rachelschallenge.org. It is a wonderful organization that frees schools from harassment and bullying and violence, and it's a great way. Great, They provide great programs for that, so please go check that out. Let's take a break. I'm your host, Keith Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by My Little Pony, a Equestria Girl, Legend of Everfree. Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. We didn't invent Kid Talk, we perfected it, and at a very young age. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. 
Hey, welcome back. I'm Jerry Orris, and you're listening to Kiss First Contractions. We are just talking to Mason McLean about her new movie, I'm Not Ashamed. And now we're going to be talking to Joe Pokey about the new DVD, Avengers and Gumby, the 60 series, Volume 2, and that has a whole bunch of different episodes from the original 60 series of Gumby. So, Joe, can you tell us about this edition of the Adventures of Gumby? You bet. I As I did with the first volume from the 60s, I, I remastered them from their original uh, camera rolls, and they, they look fantastic. And uh, what they are is that the, the second half of the 60s, which are 40 really fun Gumby episodes, that were produced in 67 and 68 and they have some pretty wild writing and some a lot of adventures featuring the blockheads prickle and goo professor cap um nopey the dog who always says nope nope and a lot of clever writing and kind of some unique kind of surrealistic um ideas in some of the episodes also so when I previously talked to you, you mentioned about restarting the Gumby series and kind of creating a new series. Uh, so the stop motion animation and technology in general has gotten a lot better since the 1990s, the last time Gumby was around in a series. Uh, what, plan, what, do you do, what do you plan on doing different in terms of technology for the new Gumby series? Well, for the new series, uh, we've produced some stuff recently. Uh, we've, we've been continuing to produce things. Um, our director of animation was uh, the director of animation and lead animator for The Little Prince, which uh, 22 minutes of it was stop-motion animation when he went to The Little Prince's world. He was also the animation director for Coraline and Corpse Bride, and he worked on Paranorman, and he was a lead animator on Nightmare Before Christmas, and he worked on his first job as a young 20-something, was working on the 80s Gumby series. And what you see with the animation is it's not necessarily... Nightmare Before Christmas was the first movie in the 90s. It was the first stop-motion movie where you had video feedback, where you could actually, the animator could actually see what they were animating right before they could play back as they were animating. So uh, before that, animators would just animate with their visualization. They would, they would use a, a, a gauge that would hold the character where it was. They'd pull the gauge away and take a picture and do that, you know, 24 times, and you'd have one second of action. These days, you have the video feedback, and you use a thing called Dragon Frame, which allows you to see, you know, what you've been animating and right before you've been animating, so you can have a lot more control over it. Um, that's pretty much the only thing that's changed with stop motion in that way with the animation. The other things that we do is we're able to um, utilize computer technologies for uh, rod removal, so we don't have to be so specific about hiding. Uh, we used to we used to use string that would we'd light it in a certain way so you couldn't see it when you were doing when you were flying the characters like when Goo was flying the shooter Goo balls or when Gumby would trip and 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 roll away or something you you can now um, you know with with computer programs remove the rods and so forth and then there's also uh, uh, computer special effects that we mix in with stop motion these days also. Very interesting. Now there has been three remastered Gumby DVDs now, right? Right. And what do you think the future is for remastered DVDs for Gumby? Well, you know, the 50s came out a year ago. The first half of the 60s came out in February, and they're available. The second half of the 60s are now available as, you're, as we're talking about those episodes. And they're really fun to watch. You've been enjoying watching them, Jerry? Oh, I've been enjoying them a lot. I love them. That's great. Yeah, they're, they're really, you know, if you put any kid in front of these Gumby episodes from, from whatever era, they like them. Because they're creative and they're 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 imaginative and they're kind of surrealistic and trippy in a way, so they're kind of timeless. And um, we're going to be releasing the Gumby movie, which was uh, first released in the mid '90s, and it sold like a million copies on VHS. And we haven't released it properly on DVD, so we're we remastered it from its original 35 millimeter film rolls. It was shot widescreen. Uh, on 35 millimeters, so we we have it now available as high definition Blu-ray. It'll be released, and the same DVD you buy will also be able to. It'll have a, a DVD for Blu-ray and a DVD for uh, regular DVD. So you know for that one, and that's coming out uh, next February. And then after that, we'll be releasing two or three um, volumes of the 80s series. We'll be releasing the complete 80s series. Uh, I don't know whether there's two or three volumes we're releasing of those, but however we cut them up. 
And throughout these releases, Jerry, as you've noticed, um, I've been going into the vaults and putting things on these DVDs in the special features that have never been seen by people, like the original pilot that nobody's ever seen with sound uh, I, I put on one of them and 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 behind the scenes video that nobody's ever seen that i found from either fans or from my dad videotaping or whoever um we're, we're doing a lot of behind the scenes work um with photographs and and video and, and then interviews uh, the, the the 50s the 60s uh, second volume we had um, i provided an interview with had rick baker who won seven academy awards he worked on Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back. Um, Doug Beswick, who worked on Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back. And, they, and both of those guys, along with Harry Walton, who I interviewed, they've worked on over 60 films. And their first job as, as 18, 19, 20-year-olds was at Cloaking Productions. And they, they loved the fact that that was their first job because stop motion is something near and dear to these, these guys. You're listening to Kiss First Contractions. And right now we're talking to... Uh, Joe Cloakey about the future releases for Gumby Remastered. He was talking about a whole bunch of special features never before seen to anybody going on these DVDs and also a whole bunch of cool new DVDs being releasing, which I will definitely check out and I recommend you do as well. My next question for you is, can I talk about stop motion a little bit? And if kids want to get into stop motion, what tips would you give them? Well, the great thing about stop motion is that anybody can do it. And you can get an app on your cell phone that'll do stop motion. Um, you can, if you're really serious about it, you can buy Dragon Frame, which allows you to do it the way the pros do it. And you know, all you need is a camera and that software, and you can do stop motion animation. And it it really is moving sculpture, and it's a it's an art form that is still really powerful. If you saw Kubo and the Two Strings that came out this last summer, it's an amazing art form. It's a beautiful, that was a beautiful film. Um, everybody loves Nightmare Before Christmas or Coraline or Corpse Bride. Um, when we do the Gumby feature film, it will be uh, stop motion as well. And um, we do mixed media as well. We, we do use computer technology and um, I've never been happy with the way water looks in stop motion. So, you know, we tend to, stop motion tends to mix in computer animated water and so forth like that. But mainly, sometimes there's a charm to stop motion animation. What's amazing is the crews that worked on our series in the 60s, they went on to do Star Wars because there's a lot of stop motion in the Star Wars trilogy. And they went on to do, you know, Robocop and Terminator and Beetlejuice. There's stop motion in all those. And um, our, our crew that worked on the 80s series in the Gumby movie uh, in the 90s and late 80s, uh, they went on to work on Toy Story and King Kong and Lord of the Rings, which are computer animated movies, but still they needed our animator's skill in animating. Still, it's still a skill in how you, how you animate. They also went on to do um, the stop motion classics through the years. And I believe there's, a, there's something really special about real light hitting real sets. If you looked at the new Mad Max that came out last year, that was using more real sets. And it was more powerful. It's visceral. And that's the thing about stop motion. It's, it's visceral the way that uh, it's the real sets and real props and real characters that you're animating. And it comes across. It's much more appealing, I think, to the senses. That is very true. Even the most modern special effects can't achieve what real life sets can achieve. It's very, very true. And I know this is going to be very hard, but if you could describe Gumby in only one word, what would it be? Well, my first word that came to mind was optimistic. Um, helpful. Gumby's always helpful. He's always trying to help people. And Pokey's more cynical and kind of funny that way, the straight man. Not the straight man, but the cynical, funny one. And then the blockheads are the mischievous troublemakers. And Prickle and Goo represent the prickly people and gooey people. And they're all really representative of different aspects of my dad's personality. And that's, you know, where it came out of. Very interesting. And Art Cloakie, your dad, the creator of Gumby, what do you think he wanted to teach kids when they were watching Gumby? I think pure imagination and love. I mean, if you look at Gumby episodes, the things that it breaks down to is is art because it's an art form, stop motion. Um, love because if you've got a heart, then Gumby's a part of you. The original theme song says that, and he's always being helpful. Uh, 
action and adventure and imagination is a big part of it. Um, and kinesthetic uh, action at, at that, because that's what my dad was exploring. And that's what you call modern filmmaking. And he, he was the first person to really put that to television, is using kinesthetic forces. So it's really, he was the first innovator in that. Uh, he was the first, first guy to do a clay animation TV series, first guy ever to do that. But then also the first guy to ever use really modern filmmaking, which is editing and moving the camera in such a way that really moves the autonomic nervous system to a point where you feel moved physically. And I think that um, a lot of shows, whether it's SpongeBob or Phineas and Ferb or Star Wars or you name what's gone on since Gumby, um, they've come back to my dad and said, you know, you were a big influence on me because his his kind of filmmaking was on the nervous system. It wasn't it wasn't just flat filmmaking. It was it was very three dimensional. Quite literally is clay animation too. And if you just look at the different Gumby episodes, there are just so many things that are so unique and so interesting. Like in the pilots, I think you actually told me this, that he actually scratched off the literal tape so it looks like there's rocket flames going up. And I really like Isn't that something? <laughs> yeah, it just shows you creativity at its finest and the use of technology at its finest. Well, thank you so much for talking to me all about Gumby. And if you'd like to get The Adventures of Gumby, The 60 Years Volume 2, it's out now. I've seen all the episodes, and I definitely recommend it. Let's take a break. I'm Jerry Orse, and you're listening to Kids First Come Attractions, and this show is sponsored by My Little Pony, Question Girls, Legend of the Evertree. Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First Film Critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. We didn't invent Kid Talk, we perfected it. And at a very young age, you're listening to Voice America Kids. are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hello and welcome back to the program, Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and we're going to keep this show on the roll. We just got done talking to Joe Clokey from Adventures of Gumby, the 60s series, and we're also going to talk about the films Jack Reacher, The Eagle Hunters, and Blinky Bill the Movie. Right now I'm here with Ryan, the amazing, wonderful Ryan from Brooklyn, New York. I am very happy to be talking to you about the new movie, Trolls, because we got some sunshine in our pocket and we're about to review some films. So, um, Ryan, tell us about this movie. So, um, in this movie, uh, it's about trolls, as you can tell by titles, and they are, they love to sing that what makes them happy. And there's a rival group who are Bergens, and they're humongous pretty much giants to them, and they're always sad, and they believe that if you eat a troll, you actually are happy. So they do this traditional day where it's, I believe, troll day or something like that, where they eat trolls, but this time they actually escaped, and 20 years later, they're still in hiding. So Poppy, who will be the new queen of the trolls, decides to have a party, but a person warned the person warned them not to party so loud or else the Bergens will hear. You know, it's typical that a person would listen. And then the Bergens come and take the trolls. So the trolls 
um, the trolls, um, Poppy tries to find them. Now, this is, this looks like a cute film by DreamWorks. They've been on a, a roll with some films lately. So, uh, when I saw this, this trailer for this film, I'm like, oh, this looks like a fun, colorful film with some great music. An all-star cast. They got Justin Timberlake, got Anna Kendrick, who I love and adore. So, uh, let's start getting into talking about the animation, first of all, because it looks, it's, DreamWorks is an amazing animation studio, and they never cease to, they never cease to amaze me, so, um, so tell us about the animation. Well, the animations, I have to say, were a little bit cute and friendly a bit for the trolls. I liked how, you know, they were a little bit adorable. And the Bergens, I liked how they made them look scary. And, like, they, you could feel that they're kind of friendly as well. So um, that sounds like a great way for, like, the characters and how they're cute and lovable. So a lot of toys. But uh, tell us about, like, the animation in general, like, the like the speed of it and the colors, especially the colors. Oh, okay. So the animations, I have to say, like the designs of the of like the backgrounds, they're pretty like vibrant where the trolls live, and also the Bergen's area. You could tell how it's a bit like dangerous feels. It's kind of like a sad, sad feeling, and you can see how you can compare the two. And I like how DreamWorks actually show how Bergentown looks like. Interesting. Now, uh, I'm, I'm, I consider myself a flamboyant person because I wear a lot of bright colors, and this seems like a film for me because I love colors, and this film looks like it has a lot of beautiful colors for kids to enjoy. So, Also, another interesting thing about this film is that it's, it's music. It takes a lot of popular and some original score to uh, create this almost like sort of uh, a collage of various different famous songs. So, tell us about the music in this film. Now, the music in this film, I have to say, is that I love musicals, and I felt like this movie is a mu musical because they always sing songs, like in a couple of minutes. And I liked how they turned these songs, like they made, like you know, well-known songs, into their own, uh, into the I mean, oops, I'm going to say, like, they turned well-known songs into their own new versions of the song by changing the arrangement. And I like mm -hmm. how they changed it. It was very interesting. Oh, it's like a strange magic, for those of you who haven't seen that film. That's, that's another film that uses popular songs and kind of arranges it into some, and puts it into a story, which is, it's fun. I like those kind of films. It's, it's cute, it's fun, and it just makes you want to dance, and that's why I feel like this film wants to accomplish this. Make you, make you feel good inside. So, uh, speaking of which, tell us a bit about what this story is about. Well, Sorry, not what's, what it's about, like, the morals, I mean, excuse me. The themes? Yes. Okay, so the theme of this movie is that happy, you like happiness, you like, you don't need things to be happy, pretty much, because... The Bergens feel like, oh, I need a troll to be happy. But um, without spoiling, throughout the film, you see something different actually happen. And I can't say or else I'll spoil the movie. So if you no want to, yeah, I won't spoil. But if you guys do want to know, you should check out the movie. Definitely. Now, um, what would you say is your favorite part in the film? Oh, oh, God, it's kind of a spoiler, though. Um. I'm Ooh, trying not to make it. I'm, I'm gonna try not to spoil the movie. So it's a scene, and the trolls encounter a Bergen, but this Bergen is not gonna try to eat them. But they make a deal to help each other out, and it was hilarious because it was like a musical number, and it was it was kind of like a Cinderella story in that scene. It was interesting how they pulled it off. But that's all I'm going to say, because I'm not going to spoil the movie. Ooh, we don't want that, but there's a little mystery to it. So, uh, what would you say the age range, and how many stars would you give this film? Uh, I would say the age range, age range from 6 to 18. Um, kids under, under the age, my is a bit scary, because the Bergens look a little bit frightening. Um, I guess it's 5 out of 5 stars. Nothing really bad about this film that I would hate. And... I would recommend to people, you know, who like musicals, family movies, adventure, and a little bit of comedy. Wonderful. Well, 
I can't wait to go check out the film. It looks like an adorable film to check out. Well, if you want to go check out Trolls, it's in theaters now, so please go check it out. Thank you very much. Actually, no, it's not in theaters yet, but um, when it, it's going to come out in theaters on November 4th, so please go check it out then. Thank you so much, Ryan, for talking about Trolls. It's always been a pleasure talking to you. Well, thank you for having me. It's always brings sunshine in my pocket. Let's, um, you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakeslee, and we just got talking about Trolls, Adventures of Gumby with Joe Clokey, and I'm Not Ashamed with the wonderful Macy McLean. We're also going to be talking about Jack Reacher, the Eagle Huntress, and Blinky Bill, the movie. Right now, I'm talking with Linda, from, who is 12 years old, from New York. I'm talking about Blinky Bill. Thank you very much for being on the show, Linda. Thank you for inviting me. So... This is another adorable film that, that just came out. So um, tell us a little bit about what this film is. Well, Blinky Bill is an animated film, and it's about a young koala whose name is Blinky Bill. And his father is an adventurer, but he was actually missing for an entire year, which I find is very scary. And he leaves without telling his, mo- his mom, but he did tell his friends, and he goes into the Australian outback into civilization. He then begins an amazing and captivating adventure to find his dad and save him. And he does so many cool things to me. He explores and has lots of adventures, and he has to dodge a cat. And he also meets friends, specifically Nutsy and Jacko. Wonderful. And I have to make an apology. I have, we have also another Kids First Room critic on, and I totally forgot. Eden, I am very sorry. Uh, he, um, you're also on the sh- uh, also talking about Blinky Bill. So, um, since I forgot you, I'm going to get a lot of, I'm very sorry about that. Um, but let, talk about the film, what you thought of it. I thought the film was really great, and I totally agree with what she said. And it was really, probably really scary for his mother to find out that he was missing during that time? Well, certainly. I think that would be scary for any mother to learn that their child is missing. Uh, but uh, So tell us a bit about um, Eden, the animation in this film. The animation was very, actually good. It was really sophisticated, and I really liked it. Um, Interesting. So uh, what uh, particular scene or like moment did you feel like was the most made this made this the animation in this film sophisticated. Well, oh, there's this one scene because his friends, while he was gone, they had to cover for him, and it was a very funny scene because one of his friends, by accident, told his mom that he was there, and he came tumbling out of Blinky's room. Interesting, and uh, so Linda. Tell us a bit about um, what you thought of the animation. I actually thought it was really good because actually koalas are my one of my favorite animals. So they made them look so cute, but also so realistic at the same time. I love koalas as well. They're so adorable. I go check them out at the LA Zoo often. They're just one of my favorite animals. They're so cute. Um, Eden, you mentioned that this film is, has some funny moments in here. So um, what particularly made this film funny? Well, about the jokes they had and the stuff that they did, because sometimes it was really funny and sarcastic at the same time. Interesting. So, um, Linda, what did you think about the comedy in this film? I actually think that the com- the comedy was really good because I ended up actually watching it with my mom, and throughout the entire film, we were just laughing nonstop. Sounds wonderful. Uh, so, what would you say is the moral of the story? Um, I would say that it was, if you believe in something, that you should definitely just go out and go for it. And this was mainly shown when, if Blinky believed that he should go after his father and he, and he should save him, and if he didn't believe in himself and go after that dream, he would never have found his father. Aw, sounds like a very genuine moral. Uh, so, Eden, what would you say is your favorite part in the film? Well, my favorite part would be when, by accident, they take a wrong turn. I don't really want to say why, because that would spoil the movie, but... Why is it your favorite um, scene? Because he takes the wrong turn instead of the right one, and he says he was positive 
that he took the right turn and it was really funny and sarcastic. Comedy, the most of the comedy from what I'm hearing is a lot of sarcasm, so sounds like my kind of film. I feel like I can kind of relate to that. Well, um, Linda, what would, how many stars and what age range would you give this film? I would recommend this film for ages four to six, and I would definitely give this film four out of five stars. Wonderful. And Eden, do you agree? Yes, I do. Well, wonderful. Thank you so much, you two, for talking about Blinky Bill the movie. I will never forget you guys. You guys are amazing. Thank you. You too. This film is out now, so please go check it out. Let's take a break. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by My Little Pony, Equestria Girl, Legend of Everfruit. Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. We didn't invent Kid Talk, we perfected it, and at a very young age. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Jerry Orris, and you're listening to Kids First Come Attractions. We were just talking about the film Trolls, and now we're going to be talking to Arjun and Kamai about the film Jack Reacher. So, Kamai, how are you doing? Good, how are you doing? I'm doing great, thanks for asking. How about you, Arjun? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, thank you. So, Kamai, can you tell us about the film? Uh, Well, the film is about, you know, Jack Reacher, who is a former military cop, and he realized that one of his uh, friends is framed for the murder of a couple of people in the military. And uh, he tries to prove that she's innocent, while at the same time they're being hunted down by assassins. Very interesting. And uh, yeah. Kamai, can you tell us the story of the film? Um, the story of the film, it, um, they're, they're definitely um, hunted by assassins, and they're um, known as ex-military cops. Um. The government um, is confused and thinks that they're um, bad guys and they are, are going against the government. When the head of the uh, military is um, is really behind the scenes, um, like um, doing bad things and sending assassins to kill some certain girl. And Arjun, this looks a lot like an action film with a lot of special effects and action scenes. So how did they do at those special effects? I thought they did pretty well with the action scenes. Of course, it has like that signature Tom Cruise doing his own stunts, which is pretty impressive because the guy's like pretty old right now. And I don't know if they used a lot of special effects because you know they didn't really rely too much on like special effects. There might have been a couple of scenes of special effects, but I thought the action scenes were very well filmed. And speaking of Tom Cruise, the cast is absolutely fantastic. We have Tom Cruise, of course, playing Jack Reacher. We have Kobe Smulders playing Turner and a few other names. So, Kamai, what did you think of the acting? Um, well, the acting was great. I didn't, I, I already knew what Tom Cruise was going to do from watching some of the movies he starred in. I knew Tom Cruise was going to do great, but, um, with the other um, characters in the movie, I was kind of impressed because um, they they did their roles, they did their parts. They were they needed to they could change their emotion when they needed to change their emotion, and um, yeah, they did great. And Arjun, do you have a different opinion, or do you agree with that? 
Yeah, I think they did uh, pretty well. Like, uh, uh, Danica Garoche, I believe is the name of the other character, who plays um, the secondary female main character. She did a pretty good job, and I think she's relatively new to the acting field, and I thought she did a pretty good standout, like, break, breakout role. And Kobe Smulders is great, as usual. And Danica Garoche plays Samantha, correct? Yeah, Samantha. So Kamai, what did you think about the cinematography? Because action films rely on acting, action, and also cinematography. So what do you think of the cinematography? Um, you know, I thought it was um, it was really great. Um, you know, I think it was um, they could have done maybe like one percent better with the cine- cinematography or something like that. It's hard to pronounce for me, but um, yeah, they could have made it just a little bit better, and but it was still good. You pronounced it perfectly, and that's good. And Arden, what age range would you give it? Uh, I would say maybe from around either 11 or 12 to 18. And why is that? Because, you know, some of the more violent scenes in the movie could be, like, scary for younger audiences, and there there was some bad language. And Kamai, what do you think on that? Um, well, I definitely agree with the bad language and the scary scenes. Like, um... Like when one guy falls from a building and dies, when you hear the sound, it you immediately think you immediately immediately think of the guy breaking his neck because that's what it sounds like, and that's how the kind of movie ends, so you know he's dead. But yeah, the scenes were kind of violent. Well, that's a good thing for parents to keep in mind. And my, how many stars do you give this film? Oh, I give it a five out of five star rating because um. You know the acting was great. There were, um, I think they they did really good um doing their parts. That and also that um, they like played their roles correctly. They didn't mess up like that. And also, um, I would also give it five out of five because it it met all my expectations, like of looking good and being bright and stuff like that. And RJ, what do you think? I think I'd give it a four out of five stars. I definitely really enjoyed it. Maybe not as much as the first Jack Reacher because it had a more like engrossing mystery within the movie. And I thought a few of the movies, thought, uh, few of the movies, the uh, side plots were kind of a little bit boring, which I can't really spoil. Mm. But it was, it still made up for it with the excellent acting and cinematography and action scenes. It's pretty fun to watch. Well, thank you so much, guys, for talking to me about this fantastic action film. If you'd like to check it out in theaters, and it sounds like you should, it is out now. We are now going to switch over to Carla and talk about The Eagle Huntress. And uh, you also not only saw the film, but you also went to the red carpet too, right? Uh, I did. So, Carla, who did you meet at the red carpet? Um, I met Daisley Ridley from Star Wars. Um... The main stars of the film, Al Chapin, I think that's how you pronounce it, and Norife, the father of Al Chapin. I met. I also met the director Otto Bell and all of the producers and also the editor. Interesting. And did you learn anything about the film you can tell us from the interviews? Um. Yeah. Yes. An interesting fact that about Otto Bell is this. Is this is its first movie, so I I was very surprised because it was very um, beautiful the movie. Well, what did you think about the film? If this is its first movie, um, I thought that the, the movie was very beautiful. The cinematography is amazing. I really really liked it. And what was the story of the film? Um, the story is about a 13-year-old year old girl named Al-Shaban that lives in Mongolia. Is, that is um, the first um, person, the first girl in her generation to become an eagle hunter. Now, I was very surprised when I saw that Daisy Ridley did the narration for this. How did she do? Um, she did well. She said that um, she did a narration because um, she wanted like the younger, the more younger kids to understand what's happening since they're speaking in another language. That makes sense. And was she clear? Was her tone of voice good? But it was it easy easy to listen to? It was easy to listen to. I understood her perfectly. 
Awesome. And I feel like for these types of films that are very beautiful and have a lot of good scenery shots, cinematography is greatly involved. So how's the cinematography in this film? Um, like I said before, the cin- cinematography is very beautiful. It's um, it's better than like other um, than um, others um, movies that I've seen before. And what would you say the moral or message of the story is, if there is any? Um, the message is um, to follow your dreams because Al Shaban followed her dream to become an eagle hunter. Very interesting. And um, can you tell us anything else that you learned at the uh, red carpet? Maybe some just fun fact about the film? Oh, at the red carpet, this interesting thing that happened is um, that um, since um, Al Shippon and her father didn't know how to speak English, there was a translator there, which I thought was cool. And um, they, they were all very nice to me. Well, that's good. And how many stars do you give this film and why? Um, I give it I give it a five out of five stars because it's um very beautiful, very inspiring. Um, it's it inspires young girls, young boys to um follow their dreams. Well, that's that's a fantastic inspiration. I think that's very important. It's good that they did it. And what age range do you give it? Um, I give it, um, I give it, um, uh, um, eight and older, eight to 18, because, um, there are some dead animals in it for them. The eagles can like lure them to them. So I thought that that was unsettling, but like younger kids will like kind of be scared of that. That is a little mature. Parents should definitely watch out for that, but otherwise it's fine. Do you think? Yeah. Well, thank you so much for talking to me about the Eagle Hunters, and it comes out December 23rd, December 23rd, correct? Yep. Well, thank you so much for talking to me. Definitely check out the film. It sounds absolutely wonderful. Thanks so much for joining us. You have been listening to Kids First Contractions. Be sure to watch our video reviews of the latest film and DVD releases. Learn how you can become a Kids First film critic. Go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our blog in the team section of the Huffington Post. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media on the Voice America Kids Network. Today's show is sponsored by My Little Pony Equestrian Girls Legend of the Everfree. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know more about which movies are playing and can make an informed decision. Tune in again next week.